And what I learned is if I would go out early in the morning, 5.30, 6 o'clock, so that we could be kind of early in the set of waves, the people out there were the successful, wealthy, because if you live in Maui, you're either wealthy or poor, the wealthy entrepreneurs. Welcome to the Forging Metal Podcast with your blacksmiths, Tara O'Brien and Ron Duran Jr. Come inside and grab your hammer. The fire is hot and ready. It's time to harden up. Let's get to work. The forge is now open. Thanks for joining us on episode number 41. You can see it's Ron and I today. We're doing one of our fireside reflections. This is kind of, this is fun for us because this gives us a chance to bring onto our podcast all of the personal conversations that we're having throughout the week about interesting things that are coming up, either in the news, things that are coming up in the workforce, which is a hot topic today, and things that are coming up with our clients when what we're seeing inside of corporations with teams, leaders, and individuals. So we've got some fun stuff to talk about today. We have one of us is in the studio, and one is out traipsing around out in his own location. What is that? The sign behind your head actually says where you're at? Oh, uh, let's see if I can <laughs> I can move that. That's Calico's chicken house. And that is actually Calico. With the, I'm staying in an Airbnb that, I don't know, it used to be an old chicken house. And I think Calico was living in this house a, a fair amount. I think Calico's still around and, and alive. I haven't seen Calico, but that's why it's called that. And it is a, it's quite a magical place. I have a little river right in front of me. I'm out on the patio right now and uh, the birds are chirping. Life is good being a digital nomad at the moment. So that's what's going on. I'm on a little bit of a walkabout this summer, basically traveling from one Airbnb to another. And because of wonderful technology, I'm still teaching at the university, doing a summer course, doing the, the podcast with Tara. And for the most part, keeping up with what I need to get done, you know, technology is amazing. We've had a couple of hiccups. We had to do one podcast from a, a coffee shop. But other than that, I think it's, it's going okay. Tara might disagree with me on that, but she's probably going. No, and you know, it's so frustrating having me out on the road. No, it's worth it because I, I never know what barnyard animals are going to be kind of popping up behind you. Ron is, like you said, on his walkabout. So he's, he's going through a couple of different states. He started out in Wyoming. Where are you now? You in Oregon? I am in a little town. Yeah, I'm in Washington State, a little Washington. town called, and it's close by my hometown of Dayton, where I went to high school, and also close to Walla Walla. If people are familiar with Walla Walla, some think it's the new Napa Valley of the United States. A lot of wineries in this area. So if you're ever in this area, I would highly recommend this Airbnb. Reach out to me, and I, I would be more than happy to point you in the right direction. Uh, and you can come down and taste some wines and and maybe sample the region. And the reason why you're there actually kind of leads into the topic that we want to get into today. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you were out you were out with a, a friend, I think you were saying in the last couple of days. And the conversation, because you were sharing it with me previously, is it's just so hot right now. This is what we've been talking about a lot with uh, different people and just between the two of us. But what went down in this conversation for you, Ron? 
Yeah, so I'm here partially for a high school reunion. I'm not going to tell you how many years it's been since I graduated from high school, but it's been a while. And so I went out with a couple of my uh, former classmates and we were, you know, having a few adult beverages. And one of my classmates was a successful business owner. And so the conversation kind of turned toward business and leadership. Uh, She knows my background in coaching. So one of the things that came up was she has, by all accounts, it looks like a successful business. And she asked me, when is enough enough? You know, I'm making pretty good money. Things are going well. And should I push to grow? Should I push to make more money? Or should I just say, you know what, this where I'm at right now is good. And so it it really struck me as not only a pretty common question, I think whether you're a business owner or just in your personal life, when is enough enough? Well, and you get this question from students all the time too. I don't think it even matters what age group you're in, uh, where you are in your career. This is coming up across the board. Yes. And, you know, certainly the, the younger folks have a little different view of that. They're trying to make their mark in the world, right? So they, they've got a little different, maybe a little different angle, but it's still the same thing. We, we get in this mode of it's never enough. You know, we get in this mode of I always need to be productive. I always need to be on. I cannot waste time. And sometimes that, that turns into negative self-talk. I'm lazy. I'm irresponsible. Why isn't Tara struggling with motivation like I am, you know, so we start to compare ourselves to who we think are successful people. And we think that number one, that we think they never struggle with this, but hey, we're all struggling with when to hit the accelerator and when to hit the brakes. I I think that's kind of what we want to talk about today of when's enough enough. What do you right. think about that, Tara? Is that, I mean, is that something you struggle with? See, I, I don't. And I, that's why I was so fascinated when you shared your conversation that you had with your friend, because I'm in a similar age bracket, maybe a little bit younger than she is, but not by much. And I just don't feel the same way. And I, I rack my brain to think, did I ever feel the same way where I'm like, I need more, I need to make more, I need to advance quicker, I need, need, need. And I know that my background's a little different because I spent the majority of my earlier life or earlier career living in Europe and in Asia, where the culture is very different. And to be honest, it's a culture that I admire now that I'm living back in the United States. And that culture is centered around life and then work. Whereas in America, it's a very opposite. And so I think that culture is what really grew me as a uh, young career woman. And I still have it, even though I'm now back in the United States for, I think, 12 years. I see these men and women striving for, I need more money. I need, I need, I need. I've got to be more productive. I I can't go home at five o'clock. And I just think, wow, (laughs) it's like... (laughs) It's like being at the zoo for me. I'm like, look at all of these things happening around me. Um, I just don't understand it. So no, it's very different for me, but I do understand why America breeds this culture. So yeah, it's funny. You are, I think you're, you're one of the rare ones. And what Tara left out is she also spent some time, I believe it was on Maui, right? I spent some time living on Maui. So, you know, it's island time, you know, no, nobody's in a hurry and you just work a little bit and I go to the beach and surf and, and all that good stuff. So, but in the U S yeah. I, you know, is it a cultural thing? Is it, I, I think it's, it's very prevalent in the United States. Does that mean it doesn't exist around the world? I wouldn't say that, but 
I think we probably do it as, as well as anybody. And, and what the problem here is what happens when we're, you know, what if we go to the park and we just lay on the grass and we look up at the clouds and watch them drift by, and maybe we do that for an hour. What, how would we, how would a, a U.S. citizen classify that? More than likely well, to say, oh, I just wasted an hour of time. Yes. I wasted that time. What does that mean to waste time? Gosh, what do you yeah. think of that? I mean, what, what is wasting time? Is well, there, I, I think there is such thing as wasting time, but man, are, are we calling everything that's not productive wasted time? But what you're talking about is also generational and I think it has really like accelerated with the advent or not the advent, but the boost in technology over the last 15 years, right? Because what you're talking about laying in the grass or hanging out at the park and watching, you know, people play Frisbee and just chilling out. This was within the American culture of downtime 30, 40 years ago. It just has gone away. And I remember having this conversation about a year ago with a, a student who was also a young entrepreneur. And I said, just go sit by a lake and contemplate for a little while. Relax, listen to the breeze, listen to you know the birds, just relax. And they were like, if I do that, I'll go insane. And I just thought, what a sad thing that we are creating a culture for young people to really look at that as a negative, terrible thing to do. I did not grow up that way. I grew up in Arizona where my parents did teach me to do things like that. And I think there's a lot of value there. So I, I would say to anyone that's shaking their head and going, yeah, Terry, you're crazy. And you, what you're saying is absolutely true. That is a lot of wasted time to just sit and watch. You know, back in the 90s, the pastime was people watching. I think now today that might be considered wasted time. I would say try it and don't try it once. <laughs> uh, try it a handful of times because if you're suffering from anything in the realm of anxiety or depression or burnout, this is actually one of the ways, whether you believe it or not, that is going to help relieve some of that pressure. Oh, I'm glad you circled back around to that because my question was going to be to you. All right, Tara, why in the world should I get on board with taking time out and, and, and you know, having some downtime and you just, you just hit it. It's part of our mental health. We can't always be on. Our brain is not designed to always be on. And then we, we can't understand why we have burnout, why we have um, a lack of motivation, why we have a hard time engaging with life. Well, it's because you haven't let your brain rest. It's like a muscle. It's a great way to look at it. It's like a muscle and we can't work that thing all the time and expect it not to say enough, uncle, you know, so give your, get, and there's a lot of different ways to do this, by the way, you don't necessarily have to go lay in the grass, but that'd be a great thing or sit by a stream or, or whatever it is that you want to do, but, but try to just give your, your brain a rest. And if you don't buy people, into... Uh, now, if you don't buy into doing what we're talking about to for self-care purposes, I would say, let me tell you that it will actually help you be more productive. And the first time I really truly oh, yeah. like bought into this is when I lived in Maui. 
And I, I did become a surfer. I never thought that would happen. Sitting on a surfboard with sharks underneath me was never my, my cup of tea, but I did end up doing it um, every single day for many years. And what I learned is if I would go out early in the morning, 5.30, 6 o'clock, so that we could be kind of early in the set of waves, the people out there were the successful, wealthy because if you live in Maui, you're either wealthy or poor, the wealthy entrepreneurs. And they were usually a little bit older. They were usually like in their 40s. I'm going to say they were in their 40s, late 30s, early 40s. And they would be out surfing and they would do it before work time. And I remember having so many conversations with them and they would say, we come out here because this is where the creativity happens. Not in my office or on my cell phone, it, the creativity happens when I'm alone with nature, when I'm one with the water, when I'm challenged with a little bit of fear, and I'm just at peace staring out at the ocean. And they would take that and they, they said they attributed that to their success of running very, very successful businesses. So it really, this downtime, it goes even back to Aristotle, you know, 24, 2500 years ago of the concept of noble leisure, which we've talked about before with John Fitch back in episode number five of this podcast. And Aristotle did it for the sense of, you know, let's take, let's build in noble leisure to our our city plan as a group of people because leisure is what will help us recreate and reform the things that we need to to make a better city. And so I say take it either for self-care like Ron saying or take it for just that downtime could help me be more creative. Ah, let's use the word performance. Ooh, if, if you don't buy into the, the mental health, you should. But if you don't, I agree with Tara. Then then spin it and say, this is going to make me perform at a higher level. And it absolutely will. And it's funny. I just read a Harvard Business Review article of basically the, the idea was that as we become more and more busy, we do less and less hobbies. Mm -hmm. And that is actually not helping the bottom line of corporations. You want your employees to have hobbies and passions outside of the office because they're going to come in and be better employees. I think a lot of companies don't see this connection. When I'm interviewing somebody, I absolutely say, what are your passions and hobbies? The, the worst answer I want to hear if I'm interviewing somebody is I don't have any. And then the, probably the second worst answer is I just, you know, I'm a workaholic. I just like to work. <laughs> I don't want that person on my team. I, I really don't. Uh, they think that's a good thing. And I, and I look at that as that's not a good thing. I want you to go recharge on the weekends and do what, what makes you come alive. And then you're going to bring a better self to work in the morning on Monday. So I think totally agree with you. And, and I've learned this by having some downtime. My creativity has gone through the roof. Back when I was a engineer working in the corporate world, I didn't have what I, well, I should say I had down, I could have had downtime, but I, I fell into that trap of feeling like I didn't have downtime and mm. I was not very creative as an engineer. Now I spend time with boredom. I very purposely allow myself to be bored. Um, boredom surprisingly is a stressor. You, you might guess that, right? We feel uncomfortable when we're bored. And I know some people that just freak out when they get bored, kind of like what Tara was saying, <laughs> you know, go sit by a, a river or something and they go, oh, I can't do that. Can't do it. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about boredom. 
that's where creativity lives. This has been proven throughout history. All the great thinkers, kind of like what Tara was saying here, all the great thinkers know this and they practice this where they say, I just, just to be bored and let your mind wander and see where it goes. That's where ideas come from. That's where creativity comes from. And I don't know. To me, it's, it seems a little paradoxical that by sitting alone, being bored is going to lead to performance gains, but that's exactly what happens. So it's, it's a fascinating thing. And oh, by the way, the byproduct is your brain will love you for it. Right, right. And I, why I love that this is such a great time for this conversation is I feel like if we tried to have this conversation, Ron, like two years ago, it's an interesting conversation, but I don't think it it hits home for a lot of people. I think COVID has obviously given us a brand new canvas in so many areas. And one of them is the area that we're talking about now, because I think, you know, with, we talked about it in our last podcast with, you know, fit over 50% of the workforce saying, I don't know that this is how I want to spend my time, or I don't think this is the company I want to work for. I want to go out and start exploring what is possible. I think we are starting to kind of reach that crux of, I do need to take better care of myself. I do want a company that gives a a four-day work week. I want a company that lets me have a hybrid um, situation, or I don't have to be on the clock from nine to five. I think people are starting because of all of the stressors, mental health uh, issues, and and, uh, challenges with COVID. I think we are ready for this conversation, but we're like at the top of the mountain, just getting ready to kind of go over it. And I think right now we're all feeling, yes, I'm ready to buy into this concept of taking better care of myself and downtime, but damn, do I feel guilty and damn, is it uncomfortable? And wow, I feel so much shame when I do it. I will give you an example, which is several months ago when I was feeling very busy With many different things, Ron and I were launching Forging Metal Academy and working with uh, corporations to talk about some of the things that we talk about here on the podcast, and things were blowing up, and I decided I needed a break, and I went for a hike. I think it was a Wednesday morning. I went on the hike from like 6 to 11 a.m., and whoa, the guilt right? I hike now in the mornings and I have no more guilt. I think it's like doing push-ups. We got to push through the discomfort to get to where it is comfortable. Do you, do you have things like that, Ron? Like, do you feel guilty about going on your walkabout right now when we're in the middle of all of our business, right? (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot going on with Forging Metal Academy right now. And Tara and I talked about it before I embarked on this of, man, this isn't probably the best time for you to be running around the country, Ron. And uh, yeah, I had some pause. I had some hesitation. And that's that old habit, right? That's old habit of, I don't know, thinking again, that you always have to be productive. And I'm not saying I'm not being productive, but what I'm, I'm looking at it, and here's the thing that you can play around with. How about if we focus more on quality time than mm. quantity? So totally. now when I'm in a place, I go, I'm going to from, you know, I, I get up early. I'm going to say, you know, from five o'clock till 11 o'clock, I'm working my ass off so that I can go play in the afternoon. 
I don't need to put in 10 hours of, of, you know, low quality work. I'm going to put in six high quality hours and that way I can go do other things. And so I'm, I'm kind of strategically looking at it that way of how can I continue to get that work done? I don't want to, I don't want to shirk my duties. Can we do it in a different way? And so that's been a little bit of a fun experiment for me as I'm traveling around that I'm hoping I'll carry into, you know, once I stop doing this, I'll, I'll do the same thing. That way, like Tara says, you can go on your hike. You know, Tara goes on a hike in the morning and then she comes back and does some work that's quite honestly, probably higher quality and she's going to get more done in a shorter amount of time. And so I think maybe we we should be kind of driving toward quality, not quantity with the way we use our time. And also just don't feel guilty about it. At the end of the day, I think the problem becomes when we have time where we go for the hike that we don't feel guilty about this. Why would taking care of ourselves Ever, I mean, it almost seems silly to say that's a negative. How did we get here? You know, how did we get here in society where taking some time to go spend some time in nature is, is something that we look at as, as a negative? I, I, well, how we got objectively, here is... I look at it and go, holy crap. It's a mess. <laughs> we live in America. That's how we got here. It's called capitalism, right? Which brings us to our, you uh, know, this, this concept that we love. I mean, we love and hate, but you and I both love and is being talked about a lot now, which is internalized capitalism. I don't think uh, the majority of the rest of the planet has this. That's, that's from my experience in living in, you know, a dozen different countries. People, you know, inter- for those of you that haven't heard the phrase internalized capitalism, it's uh, essentially in a nutshell where your self-worth is tied to your productivity, right? So, or you believe it is. You believe it is. You believe that your self-worth is defined by how productive or unproductive you are. And usually in America, we tie productivity to wealth, right? So if we're being productive and making a lot of money, i.e. working, then we are, we have a good self-worth. And this is just, this is a shame, but this is the world we live in, in America. I, you know, question for you, Ron, do you think that we can get rid of internalized capitalism as long as we're still living in a capitalist society? Well, absolutely. I'm I'm always going to say yes. I'm also going to follow that up with it will not be easy. I'm working on it right now. But again, we when all of your culture, all of society is is pushing you to do, 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 you know, whom human doings, not human beings. uh, That that is exactly what, what we hear. That's the messaging we get. And that's tough. Not, not only do we have society with that that pressure, and I'm not I'm not in any way trying to say we're, we're victims to this. We can steer our own ship, but that's a lot of influence. And then also, let's throw in the idea that we I grew up in this system, as most of us have. Tara is is a little bit rare and and probably fortunate that she didn't. She got to actually see a different way. I've never seen a different way. This is what has been ingrained in my head. So that's it. Anytime we have a lifetime habit. That's tough to change. That's tough to change. But I would say don't don't give up on that. If you feel like this is maybe helpful for you, I certainly see the benefits in this. And I, it's I think COVID has has accelerated this for me. Like everybody else, uh, yeah, I think you've heard me say on the podcast. One of my colleagues called it the great pause. Right. This has been the great pause for us to step back and say, is this what I want to do the rest of my life? 
you know, if I were to spin this around to you, Tara, so at the end of your life, what are you going to look back on? Let's say you're on your deathbed and you have, I don't know, 24 hours to reflect back on your life. What is it that's wow. going to be something you smile about? Uh, what would be the things you cherish about your life? I would say it's a, it's a hard question. So I would say the first thing that pops into my mind are the experiences that I've had experiences, meaning like adventure and travel and culture and food and, you know, music concerts and, you know, just experiences, not work related, but really what it is, is the, the experiences with people I love. And it doesn't have to be family. It can be friends, right? friends, even coworkers. And that is what I would look back on. Like, I know where you're leading with this. I can't imagine looking back and going, wow, I am really just proud of all the time I was a journalist and then the company I built. And then like, I just can't imagine doing that. Unless whoa, one of those companies, whoa, whoa. unless one of those companies like cured cancer and or is providing some massive impact for the world which so, so building forging metal academy is not going to be the one you're going to think of <laughs> oh it's yes yes sorry um, ron yes <laughs> yes I, I i'm i'm laughing i mean that was all in jest right but but yeah this is i ask this question a lot of my students and clients and and you know people have done research on this and you know what always comes up you, you can see where this is going what always comes up is you know what never is at the top of the list i'm so glad i made so much money or i'm so glad i worked 70 hours a week that's not what comes up when people are at the end of their life and they look back and smile at the things you know again usually it's relationships it's going to be driven a lot by relationships and experiences just like tara was saying that's actually a very common answer so here's the thing as we go through life, those are not the things we put priority. In fact, those are the things we push to the side. I don't have time for that. I need to make my millions. I don't have time to go have coffee with Tara because, you know, that's, that's fluff. That, that's not productive. That's wasting time. We got this wrong. We got this wrong. And let's figure it out now before we're on our deathbed and then go, oh, my gosh, I just missed it all, you know? I didn't prioritize the right things. And so that's, that's where I'm at right now. And actually, as I'm writing my book, I just, I'm just doing a chapter on this topic exactly of what's really important and, and think about the end of your life and, and what are you going to look back on and smile? Um, so this is, it goes to the heart of internalized capitalism, right? That we always feel like we got to be doing to have self-worth. And, you know, I always like to put success in air quotes, you know, many times that success is tied to wealth. And, and financial wealth, you know, wealth can be a lot of things, but, but most people tied to financial wealth. Is that the right measure? Am I a good person if I make $500,000 a year versus $50,000 a year? I mean, am I still the same person? I, I think we know the answer to that, right? But we, we somehow think that, I don't know, we're better if we make more money. Well, and know. here's the, here's the challenge. Slope. I, I mean, I like to make a lot of money. I think we, you know, most people do like to make a lot of money, but the challenge is, can you make a lot of money and still have what we're talking about, still have noble leisure, still have time off, still have balance in your life? This is the fun, exciting challenge going forward, I think. Before COVID, we were all locked into being cogs in a machine and really just kind of doing our day-to-day, -day, working really hard, and we just got kind of in that cycle. The great pause, as Ron is saying, is a great time to say, okay, how can I work smarter? 
not harder going forward. And I want to reframe the concept of productivity. And probably the best way that I can do that is let me give you an alternate picture of productivity. And this is true to life. I lived in Germany for four years, traveled to probably a hundred cities in Germany, and every city in Germany is the same in this one way, besides the fact they like that they speak beer. German and they like to drink beer. When the stores are open on a Thursday, Friday, whatever, and they're all closed on Sunday and Monday, by the way, it doesn't matter what kind of store it is. It can be a grocery store, it can be a clothing store, it doesn't matter. It can be a bank. When five o'clock hits and there's 45 people for whatever reason that are lining up to enter that store, guess what they do? They turn them away. And it doesn't even matter if it's a small oh, the, struggling the business. travesty of this. They close the door. And I remember when I first moved there, I was like, what the hell are these crazy people doing? That's 45 people worth of business. And their thought is, no, life isn't about this. I have worked my time. And this was small business owners that would say this. I've worked my time. It's now time to go work in a different fashion. And what that means is they would go out and have drinks with their friends. And then they would go pick up their family and go for a walk in the park and then go have luxurious, amazing dinners. And I just thought, is that unproductive? Is that unproductive to close your doors at 5 p.m. and go do all these other amazing things to balance out your life? Or is that the epitome of productivity? I don't know. Yeah, That's, you know. So it's yeah. something we're thinking about, but it's hard for us Americans. It is. It is. And, and we, Tara and I both work with entrepreneurs a lot. And yeah, Think about Ooh. having that conversation, Tara, with some of some no. of the people we work in with. the startup uh, tech world. Not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of faces that pop into my mind. Of if I told them that, they'd think I had two heads. And so again, it goes back to this idea of priorities, right? What, what is the priority? Is it to make as much money as possible, or is it something else? And, and I'll leave I'll leave that to all the listeners to to kind of sit with that. And if you, and no judgment, by the way, if you say, Ron, you're full of crap, money's what, what drives me. And that's, that's important to me. And again, I'm not saying money's not important to me. Don't, don't get that message. But if you say that's the number one priority in your life, then, then go for it. I'd say, come back and talk to me in five or 10 years and we'll see how that goes. But again, I'm not going to judge it, it, I don't know. It, it's, it's this idea of you know, both Tara and I are really entrenched in this idea of self-development, self-help, whatever you want to, whatever word you want to call it. And so we're always trying to be our best selves, right? And so hidden in that idea of trying to be our best selves is something maybe that people struggle with is perfectionism. You know, if mm -hmm. I'm trying to be my best self, when does that ever end? You know, we, if we take it too far, it becomes perfectionism. And so then we, we say, you know, nothing's ever good enough. This is not a good path to go down. I, I don't like perfectionism. I strive for, I, I try to very consciously strive for excellence, not perfection. I get to decide what excellence looks like to me. Don't let society or anybody else tell you what that is. But it's this idea. And, and I listened to a podcast by uh, Tim Ferriss podcast recently where he interviewed Brene Brown. And they were talking about this idea of 
on one hand, we have striving, that, that idea of trying to be our best selves, right? And, and this could translate to a lot of things in life, whether you're building a business or just personally trying to be your best self. So we have striving on one end of the spectrum, and then we have maybe self-acceptance on the other side of the spectrum. If we, if we live in a world of just a self-acceptance, do we ever change? Do we ever try to get better? Probably not. But if we also skew it toward always striving, when do we ever just have a chance to take a break and go, you know what, this is good enough. So again, it goes back to the heart of this idea. How do these two coexist? Can they coexist? Can we strive to be our best selves, but also accept ourselves and have grace and be content? I don't know. What do you think, Tara? Is that, do you struggle with that? First off, where's the line? Where's the line where, you know, enough is enough? Well, we should always be striving, right? I think we're designed as humans to always, 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 always be striving, but in different areas of our life. Right now, always when you're sitting down watching, you know, your Friday night Netflix movie, do you need to be striving? Yeah. Do you need to be striving then? Probably not. But many people do, right? That's why they have five devices going while they're trying to watch a movie, which is always, you know, hilarious to me and also hilarious because I'm guilty sometimes. But no, I think there's definitely a balance between the two. I think you should be somewhere in the middle and kind of bouncing back and forth. If you're always striving, which I'm not going to say is a bad thing, but you don't accept yourself, like you really beat the hell out of yourself and you have self-loathing and you are like, God, I'm a loser or, you know, you're constantly going through FOMO, lazy, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's, that's that's one. I'm just going to say right now, and I know it's easier said than done, but here's a muscle for you to work on. Knock that stuff off now because it's completely unproductive. It's a waste of your energy. And it, it took me a long time to learn this as well. But and many people, we've talked with many people on our podcast about going through that, not having self-acceptance. And then when they finally make that change, it's just life-changing. So I think striving, challenging yourself, growth, Maybe that's the word I like better is growth rather than striving. But as you're doing it, self-acceptance so you can rest, self-acceptance so that you aren't stressed out about how you're failing, and self-acceptance also helps you beat imposter syndrome as you're striving to do things. So you've got to have that balance in there. These are two great words to really just kind of keep in your in the forefront throughout your day. You know, I want to strive, I want to grow but I also need to be kind to myself and accept where I am. Yeah. You know, I I know from, yeah, from my study of of neuroscience, I know our brain likes, likes improvement. It likes growth. It likes striving. We are designed. I mean, our ancestors would have died if they weren't looking for better shelter, trying to find food sources, you know, those things that that was what kept them alive. And, And we have that, hardwired into it so i totally agree with you tara that we need to keep that as probably the main thrust of what we're doing don't let yourself become stagnant for you will be agitated by that your brain will be agitated by that and i see this happen all the time but i i would i would also say you know tim ferris uses another term that he calls it deloading Mm-hmm. And he he borrows this actually from the I think it's the weightlifting world where where he says there's a certain time where I'm not going to be uh, you know I'm going to unplug from trying to be my best self unplug from uh, from self improvement 
So this idea, yes, we want to strive. We also got to remember we need to rest, right? Stress plus rest equals growth. We can't, you know, we can't get the growth without the rest. And so, yeah, strive, but also be very purposeful about taking time off. Tim Ferriss, and you'll hear it in the podcast, he talks about he'll actually schedule it into his, his schedule. He'll say, I need to have some downtime. I need to rest my brain and not be trying to strive for anything. And how many of us do that? How many of us actually very much schedule in time? Again, a lot of people are going to say, I can't do that, Ron. That's, uh, that's wasted time. I don't, I'm not making my million if I'm, you know, if I'm doing that. But again, it goes back to the idea of let your brain rest, let yourself recharge, and you're going to be better when you come out of that. Once you give that to yourself, gift that to yourself, you'll, you'll be better when you come out. So, so yes, yeah, striving. And I think I, I agree with you, Tara. It's got to be a balance. And I think it's, it's always going to be moving. You know, we always like to say instead of work-life balance, we talk about work-life harmony because there's never any perfect balance. It's just try to make your music, you know, try to create your harmony that works well for you. And it's, it's always going to be something that you're going to be kind of fiddling with, I think. But I think just just keeping it at the, at the front of your mind, which I don't think many people do. Many people don't reflect on this idea, but I think your mental health and your performance are going to skyrocket if you can maybe do this in your life. I wholeheartedly agree when you say out making your millions. The first thing I want to say to those people is, I mean, would I like to be making millions? Yes, of course. I'm not (laughs) anti-money. But are you happy? Like, if you're making millions versus making $12 an hour, are you happy? And this is as simple as, as I can get. If you're not, do something different. And maybe it's one of the things you heard on the podcast. Maybe it's something you read in an article. Like we are not victims to my life just sucks. We're not victims to I'm just burned out. That's just how it is. There's nothing I can do about it. Languishing is the big word that's coming up right now, right? I mean, kind of a new word for me, but it is really coming out of COVID and and I can empathize with it. I have felt it throughout COVID. Languishing, if you're unfamiliar, is uh, that sense of, stagnation or super like you're feeling really empty kind of like you're looking at life through a foggy windshield you're just kind of everything is like blah you're not it's not burnout although it can be you know associated with that but it's like hopelessness and depression might be kind of put in there and I think many of us if not all of us at some point have felt that throughout COVID that right there we have to do something different Things don't just change. You don't just sit languishing for months and all of a sudden a miracle happens. So I think the the key is if you're feeling unhappy, whether you're making millions or not, if you're making millions and you're working 80 hours a week, but you're unhappy, maybe you're even feeling this sense of languishing, change something, just one thing and change one small thing first. That's how we, that's, that's how we ignite change. And don't just do it once. <laughs> it's like doing push-ups. This is what I tell my clients. It's like push-ups suck if you're not good at them, but you will become good at them if you do them every day. That's really, it's that easy. Yeah, my mind's drifting back to what you said earlier when I asked you, you know, what are you going to look back on your life and say, you know, what was important to me and what did I value? And, and I, I was thinking to your answers you know, experiences with others. I think, I don't know if you said travel, but, but I think it was in there. Dave Matthews so concerts. Things, how much, 
how much money do we need to to do those things? You know, one of the things I struggle with is you know, a certain amount of money is, is certainly for me personally is necessary, right? And I think most people would agree. I, I need to have a certain level of of money so I can quite honestly, so I can travel. I like to travel. Now there's a lot of different ways to travel. You can travel on a a small budget, uh, or you can go extravagant, and uh, most people go extravagant, but it doesn't have to be that way. But and so, but but the other things, you know, let's say I want to go have coffee with a friend, it doesn't cost much money. I think we think we need more money than we do. I guess that's where I'm going with this. I still struggle with what it looks like. You know, Tara makes fun of me sometimes. I'm like, okay, let's we got to make more money with you know Forging Metal Academy, and and I, I kind of get wrapped around the axle a little bit with that, and then I have to check myself and say really what what more do i need even right now the things that, that i value I, i'm getting so true, i don't know right? when, when's it again it's back to this idea when what's enough well and we i always think, think that's, more 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 is better yeah, is that true we gotta this is where this is where that that quiet self-reflection time is absolutely necessary because what you know what i spend a lot of time and i have my own business coach I business coach, but I have my own, which I highly recommend to everyone because we can't always see where we're misaligned in our lives. And if we are misaligned with what we really want, and because we don't really know what we really want, we are unhappy. That is the, you know, unalignment with our real motivations, our real passions, our real goals equals unhappiness. Sometimes we just don't see that equation. And so you need that, whether it's with a coach or a therapist or a friend or a group of friends or alone time, you know, sitting out by the lake, just watching, you need that self-reflection time to realize what is it that I need to be happy. And maybe it is money to each his own. Maybe it's more time off. Maybe it's more time to work out. Maybe, you know, maybe it's you, you secretly want to become a culinary artist and you just want to make food like but if you don't give yourself time to explore that you're missing it and that's what equals unhappiness and this is where i love this concept i wanted to make sure we talked about it because it's it's a, i think uh, a passion of mine and as ron said with forging metal regardless of how busy we get i am still holding us to our 4 day work week hoping that we can keep that. If you haven't seen the research that's come out of Iceland on their big, I think it's for the last two and a half years, they've been testing out a four-day work week from some interesting stuff in there. I think there's a lot more to come out of that research, but Japan has done it as well. There are a couple other countries in Europe that are trying it. I know it's being discussed in several companies, especially tech companies in America. And I think there's a lot of value in this four-day work week. One of them being you have more reflection time, you have more time with family, you have more leisure time, you have more hobby time. And again, it's that, you know, balance of productivity. I like to imagine a world where we all weren't just dying to retire. How many people, you know, are, are just like, I can't wait to retire, right? What if we lived in a world where, you know, we love our job? And not only do we love our job, but also it's not taking so much out of my life that I can't enjoy other things. I think a lot of people think when they're working, they can't ever enjoy the things they really want to enjoy. What if we lived in a world where it actually was more balanced, where work didn't suck up all of our time? 
you know, a lot of people don't have hobbies because they go, I'm tired after work. And, and then the weekends, I'm just trying to recover and get ready for Monday. And all of a sudden, you know, it, it goes in a cycle. And one day you wake up and go, what have I done with the last 20 years? All I do is work come home on the weekends and sit around on the couch and then go back to work. We miss out. It seems like we miss out on life. And so I, I just wonder what it would be like. What if we did work a four-day work week? Shoot, let's, let's get crazy. What if we worked a three-day work week? What would that look like? What if we had four days off to go do pursue things that we loved? How many people would be dying to retire then? Maybe they would say, you know what? I love this. This gives me just enough time to be productive at work. And also I get to balance that with my creative and, and fun and you know things I like to do. So I don't know. I, I know I'm, I'm talking crazy right now, but, but I like to do thought experiments like this. So I don't know if the four-day work week can work. You know, I, I really don't. I think the research is still percolating. I do know a lot of people are, are saying, ah, I'd like to try that. And so... Whether that sticks or not, you know, after COVID's over, I don't know. But I enjoy the conversation that's happening right now because I'm I'm one of those people that likes to think I like to like I like to think differently. How can we do this better? And I I'm not convinced the 40 hour work 40 plus hour work week is necessarily the best way to do it. And listen, are any any of you listening that are leaders uh, in your companies? Any thought leaders in in companies? If your employees and teams in yourselves, actually, we talk to more leaders that are burned out than we talk to employees that are burned out, Ron and I. If your teams are suffering burnout, you're worried about retention, which I know a lot of you are. You are scared to death about now this, you have to take on talking about mental health in the workplace. Never had to do that. How am I going to manage hybrid teams? Do I even need an office anymore if everybody wants to work from home? How do I manage people remote and keep them engaged and happy and excited and productive? This is this is pretty standard. I'm sure I hit on one thing that you're like, I highly recommend, again, do something different. Maybe it's a four-day work week that you offer. Maybe there's a there's a couple of big tech companies that are giving the entire company and forcing it, enforcing the entire company takes this one week off. Not, hey, everybody, we want you to take a week off sometime in the near future. No, it's next week. The entire company is shut down. That way, when you're all on vacation together, you know, together at the same time, nobody feels guilty. You have to start thinking outside of the box. Ron and I, this is what we do with Forging Metal Academy. We come in and we're essentially helping leaders navigate culture issues post-COVID and how to implement some of these changes. Please, I, I implore you to look at the research out there of what some companies are doing. Come up with your own ideas, but try something new because this retention issue is not going away. And with 28%, this, this number kills me, 28% of Americans actually take their vacation time, their full vacation time every year. You believe that? 72% of us that do not take advantage of our vacation time. This kills me. First off, I use make my vacation a, as fast as I got it. Everybody listening, like make a pact and say, what? No, I refuse to be part of the 72. I want to be part of the 28, the 28% that does take their full vacations. But please, leaders, think about what you can do differently. We are at that place where you kind of don't have a choice. This will be your make or break for success in keeping your people around. 
Yeah, I know there's probably some people listening right now that are saying, wait a minute, Tara, I didn't have to do this before COVID. I didn't have to give them a mental health week. Why, yeah. why do I, why is that even something I need to, are they just, everybody's being soft, you know? Yeah, we didn't have to wear masks to the grocery back. store before COVID either. <laughs> the world has changed. I mean, there, it's time pushback, to adapt. Right? Yeah. yeah. But it's, we also know from, you know, research that says people, even before COVID, you know, what, 70% of an uh, old Gallup poll, uh, it's getting a little bit old, I think it was 2013, said that 70% of people were not actively engaged at work. This was before COVID. It was broken before. It was. COVID has just exposed all the cracks. And here's the thing. If you want to treat your people as a cog in the machine, the cogs are going to break down. The machine is going to break down. You cannot treat people like machines. You know, we just had a podcast, our last podcast, where I uh, loved the, the quote from Rachel that said, you got to address the soul behind the role. We need to be, we need to start, you know, treating people as humans and, and not machinery because they will break down. And so if you're thinking, I, I didn't have to do this before, why didn't you do it now? It's because you were probably not doing it well before. And now it's just becoming magnified. And I think people are, are saying enough is enough. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of being treated this way. And if you don't treat me the right way, what am I going to do? I'm going to quit. I'm going to go somewhere else. So if you don't pay attention to this leaders, you're going to lose people. You're not going to be able to retain people. Uh, you won't be able to attract talent if you have that culture. And so I agree with Tara 110% that you better pay attention to it. It's part of business. It's not just fluffy stuff to to say, I want to be a good person. It's, it's actually part of business as well. And so that's what we're doing with Forging Metal Academy. You would not, I mean, you'd be surprised at how many people that we're talking to right now that are having these pain points and they're saying, hey, we don't know how to deal with this. This is new to us. And so important conversations need to be had. And uh, certainly Tara and I are well positioned to help. If, if you feel like that's something that, that you want to talk about in your corporation, please reach out to us because it's tough. It's a tough challenge, but we're, we're enjoying engaging in these conversations and, and trying to find a solution. But I'm also going to tell you, it's not an easy thing to, to solve. And so let's have a change. Yeah. Change is hard. We can... Behavioral change is, is, is hard and organization change is hard. So don't feel bad. Look for the, look for the challenge in this change because there is some excitement of, of making this difference. And in the meantime, if you are looking for, if you like some of the ideas that we're talking about here, obviously you can uh, continue the conversation if you have questions. Uh, like Ron said, go to our website. We'll throw it in the show notes, forgingmetalacademy.com. Also, you can email us, Ron or Tara at forgingmetalacademy.com. But in the meantime, two great books that are so easy and will give you those little oh, micro changes, right? One of my new favorites, which is Your Time to Thrive by it's Ariana Huffington's second book. And so this is a really good one that will give you actual tools of how to easy ones that are that are awesome, how to put in place to start kind of taking better care of yourself and finding that noble leisure. But the other one is John Fitch's book, A Time Off which I love because it really, it's not about just take time off and lay around and be lazy. It's take time off that's intentional and productive. And so it's a, a different look at time off. You can also listen to his podcast if you go back in our, in our series to episode number five, really good one with John Fitch. So there's two options for you. Make one change, 
make, make one change this week. Life is all life is we get one life on this planet. So try to make it as the best one that you can, whatever that means to you, figure out what it is that you makes you happy and then just make one tiny little change to get there. Yeah, and I would drop in a couple references. Uh, number one, you know, back when we we interviewed Todd Stottlemyre, uh, I don't remember the exact the podcast, but he we questioned him on what does wealth mean, and he was very clear that it's, the wealth can be a lot of things. It doesn't necessarily have to be financial. So understand what wealth means to you, and also I would encourage you to think about what does wasted time mean to you. What is a waste of time? And maybe to redefine that again, if we're if we're taking care of ourselves, as Tara just said, if we're being strategic about our, you know, what do you want to call it? Time off. If we're being strategic about that and being smart about it, that's not wasted time. All right. Even up to and including just sitting around being bored. That can, if we frame it the right way, that can actually be productive time. And it really should be framed that way. So that's what I would encourage you to do. Think about what what's wasted time and also what does wealth mean to you? Is it just financial or are there other things like having coffee with our friends? So that's, I don't know, Tara, that's what I would like to leave everybody with. Deep thoughts, you know, go out there and, and reflect on this. Certainly you don't need to take what Tara and I say as gospel. Love it. Thanks for hanging with us. Hit us up on Facebook with uh, your thoughts on anything that we're sharing. Whether you agree, disagree, want to challenge it, want to ask more questions, or want to add your own ideas behind some of the things that we're talking about. That would be awesome. Let's get that conversation going and go to Apple podcasts. And if you like the podcast, give us a rating, give us a review and a rating. Let us know what you like, what you don't. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us this week. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell all your friends. If you didn't, Let's just forget this happened and we'll try again next week. Until then, join the revolution to forge metal and connect with us on social media.